Do I look hungover? Yes. continues the pga tour continues and travis fulton's vacation continues but the man never misses a show welcome into cash out with the coach is your weekly sports betting golf betting show of record he is travis fulton i am the coach trav are you ever going to go back home to florida i mean why would i ever go back look at these beautiful mountains crystal lake a little bit of smoke in the air we got some fires and it's a little hot for, for northern Idaho, but, man, this is, Coach, this is God's country up here. I might stay through August. I haven't decided yet, but, um, man, oh this, is, this is special stuff up here, i got to tell you. Okay, so is the Wi-Fi. We've loved it for three weeks. Uh, all right, here's what we do for those of you who uh, are brand new to the show. Welcome. Uh, we talk about what happened last week. We've got a lot to talk about with the Open Championship. We talk about the tournament this week, the 3M Open. And then, of course, we give you a bunch of betting picks to kind of educate you on what type of a player and what you should be playing this week at the 3M Open. But, Trav, the final major of this super season has come to a close. Now it's over 250 days until the next major, which is the Masters, next April. But if we're going to close out this major season, what a way to do it. One of the great performances all time. And Colin Morikawa joins Tiger Woods as the only two players in the history of the game to win the PGA Championship, to win the Open Championship before the age of 25. Yeah, it's it's impressive stuff. And I had the win ticket, by the way, Coach. Not on this show. I was in between. I kind of fell in love with Xander. But I did have Morikawa on the win board as far as my, as, as my car. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Collins treated me very well. And, you know, he's just... He's, when I watch him play, Coach, you know, he's the ultimate front runner. There's not many players that when they get the lead, they just keep going. You know, it doesn't affect them. And Spieth is like that. Of course, Tiger, as you mentioned, was like that. Um, just incredible display of ball striking. We know Morikawa. He's going to give it to you with his irons. He is the best iron player in the game. It's Tiger-esque. It is plus eight, plus nine. It seems like every single week it's amazing to watch the iron game uh, but when i think about sunday i think about some of those saves some some nice little crafty chip shots which he can struggle with from time to time we know his putter he can struggle with that from time to time the guy made some huge putts down the stretch he's a great player but in the hunt with the lead closing it out he's becoming one of the best if not the best in the game right now there is no question about it. I can't remember who on Twitter wrote this, but I, I literally laughed out loud when I read it. They said, I know enough about golf that it's very hard to catch somebody when all they do is make pars and birdies. And that's very, very true. 31 straight holes that he finished the Open Championship without a bogey. And when you do that in those conditions, then it's very hard to catch that person. Jordan Speed did his best. But for those people that really want to see what a team is all about, Trav, PJ Tour posted incredible five or six videos of those two uh, 
going through shots in different tournaments. And we're going to see why I believe, and you mentioned Tiger, and it's almost blasphemous to mention Tiger in the same uh, conversation with anybody else, but that's what we have to do now. He is now winning at a clip that is very Tiger-esque. He's only been on tour for a couple of years, and he already has two major championships, a world golf championship, a couple, several different PGA Tour wins. This dude is becoming a superstar, and the way that he does it, and the way that he goes about his business is almost unflappable. And if I'm the rest of the PGA Tour, I'm very, very scared of this very small dude. You know, and he's making, and they're making good decisions, you know, as a team. Rick Sessinghouse, his coach, um, you know, I, I talked to him on, on my podcast right before he won the PGA. And it was just kind of very refreshing to, to listen to him talk about how they work together, um, the things that they do. And it's, you know, I, you know, it's, it's, it's in depth, but I think on the surface for Colin, it's simple. It's attainable. The goals can be reached. Um, they show that they can sustain the strength in Colin's swing or in his game with his iron game. Uh, they can make the subtle adjustments that are needed. Like last week, he didn't really like the way the club head was interacting with the ground of the Scottish Open. They made some adjustments. Here he is a week later, back in the winner's circle. The driver, of course, is a strength. Um, you know, they fade the ball a little bit more since turning pro from coming into college where he was a little more draw bias. And then we see the adjustments with the putter, right? I mean, the putter, I don't want to say he looked like he had the yips at one point this year, but it was ugly. I mean, there were some ugly moments with the putter. They make adjustments with the grip and, and, and you can see the steady improvement now. Um, with the flat stick, I see improvement with some of the finesse short game shots. So they sustain the strengths. They keep making the subtle adjustments that are needed there, wherever they are in the world. But then they're showing the ability to improve in the areas of the game that Colin needs to continue to improve upon and has the opportunity to improve upon to become an even better player. Because we're talking about a putter that is, you know, inconsistent, right? I mean, Colin still shows up negative two, negative three in putting, is dominant as his ball striking in. Can you imagine that if he continues to move the needle with his short game and his putter and he becomes a more consistent putter and he's in the positive consistently in strokes gain, I mean, that is bad, bad news uh, for that for everyone else on tour. He made it very clear that if he would not have played the Scottish Open, that he wouldn't have been anywhere near the top of the leaderboard. So I that even though a lot of players did play the Scottish Open, we're going to see even more next week based off of what he said. But one guy that did not play the Scottish Open that finished second was Jordan Spieth. And you can see in his post-round uh, interview, press conference, whatever, how severely disappointed he was because he felt like he had the game this week. He even said it. I knew I had the game to win, and he did. But you cannot control what Colin Morikawa does. And if Anybody thought that George Spieth was not back, perhaps he's back, and he played great at the Open. And, he, and in any other year, probably he would have won. Yeah, there's no question. He played good enough to win. You shoot 66 on Sunday, <laughs> that's, what that's playing some, okay, no. some serious golf. And he handed one back to the field on the last hole with the short putt uh, going on Saturday, late on Saturday, which you know he ended up losing by two, but that was tough to sleep on. He bounced back. And he played great golf. He just got beat by a 
by a better player that week by two shots. But Jordan Spieth is back. The reverse engineering that they've done with his swing, starting with impact, here's where we want to be. And then let's just be instinctive and get there. It doesn't look pretty. It's not the way that he used to swing it back in 2017 when he was dominant, but it's working. You know, he's he's able to be more external, as he said, out that way versus internal thinking backswing in order to create that shot. So, um, yeah, he, he's definitely back. It's good to see. We're going to need these guys. Uh, you know, Morikawa is playing in the Olympics, but we're going to need these guys in the Ryder Cup to be playing like this if we plan the USA to retain or to get the cup. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if Steve Stricker picks the guys that are playing the hottest or if he picks the guys that he knows the best, uh, which has always been the issue in years past. And we'll have a full preview episode of the Ryder Cup coming up in a couple of months. We would be remiss before we quickly move on to the 3M Open this week to not talk about the man who made probably the biggest news. And once again, that's Bryson DeChambeau after his Friday round where he made the cut right on the number. Uh, after Thursday or Friday, I can't remember the days. But basically, he just blasts Cobra. The company he's been with since he became pro and the company that has benefited from his rise to superstardom and basically said, my driver sucks. And then, of course, Cobra comes back and said he's never happy. He's always miserable. They go back and forth. It was an ugly, ugly thing to have it play out in the media. But that's exactly what happened. And then, of course, Brooks Kepka has to do his own little trolling in the interview saying how much he loves his driver and he would hit the driver so well on one of the days. What did you make of the Bryson fiasco yet again? Well, I mean, it's just another example that I think with Bryson, um, it, it you know, it obviously shows his immaturity and the the lack of self-awareness, right, of, of what's happening around him. Uh, there's a lot of smoke here. There's a lot of examples that are happening where when the, when the formula doesn't add up and Bryson is not seeing it the way that it should be, right? Um, he starts to bring people down with him. And, and I think this was another example of saying some things about the Cobra driver that were just completely ridiculous. And you just never see a vendor push back like that ever. I don't think I've ever seen that. So he's rubbing some people the wrong way. We saw Tim Tucker leave his caddy. Um, he was kind of fed up with it. It's not easy to be in his circle by any stretch. You know what, coach, speaking of that, Mm -hmm. uh, I have this podcast called The Stripe Show. I don't know if you've heard of it. I, so I have heard of it. His yeah. coach, longtime coach, Mike Shy. Okay, he's been heard with him since he was 12. Correct. He's in the inner circle. <clears throat> I called him up. I said, Mike, well, come on, let's talk. I want to know what it's like to be in the circle of Bryson. Bryson. Launches today. Tuesday. Wait, wait. He, took your call. he took your call. He took and my he call. And he was very, he was very candid and uh, upfront on what it's like. It's very interesting. I think it's I don't think it will surprise you on some of the things that are happening inside a circle and how difficult it is. Um, so check it out. Podcast, the two part series, part one today. Look at you, the producer in Travis Fulton coming out. Uh, I will make sure and retweet that uh, interview. You guys don't want to miss uh, what he said about rice and absolutely welcome. Uh, OK. We've got to move it forward now to the 3M Open this week. And there are some uh, big-time names at the top. Dustin Johnson's playing this week. He is the betting favorite at plus 750. Louis Oosthuizen, who blew yet another chance to win a major and finished, uh, I believe, in fourth place 
uh, after leading for three straight days. He's playing this week. There's just a lot of really good players that are in the field this week. However, it's one of those very top-heavy tournaments where then there's a big drop-off and a chance, I think, to get real value. And we'll get into the betting picks in a second. Michael Thompson, he's the defending champion. Uh, Matthew Wolf won the original event two years ago. And a little little trivia for you, Trav. Who was in the final group with Matthew Wolf when he won with an eagle on 18 two years ago at TPC Twin City? See, Bryson was already done. He was in the cutout. It was it was Morikawa. They both had eagle putts, and and Morikawa missed his. Uh, Wolf made his to win without going to extra holes. But those were the three names, Bryson, and Paul Morikawa. Amazing. And everybody thought at the time, remember, it was going to be Hovland. Then it was going to be Wolf. But nobody thought it was going to be Morikawa. And now, wait a minute. Now, place. wait a minute. That's not true because Morikawa, if we would have had this show of the three, we did. I did this thing for the, for the PGA Tour about these three when they came out. Okay. And, and it was my thought that Morikawa – would be the better out of the gate because he was that much better of a ball striker. Now, um, Matthew Wolf is definitely the longest, right, off the tee. His driver was sexy. It was different coming from Oklahoma State, the national championship, and da-da-da. Um, and then, you know, you had Victor Hovland, U.S. amateur champ. Uh, I think he could do more with the putter, but his weakness was kind of a short game. So, like, they all had their strength, but I felt – Strokes can approach and as dominant as Morikawa was, and I felt like the most mature. Um, here we are. So you're telling me that before the 3M opened two years ago, that you were standing on a soapbox screaming to the world that Kyle Morikawa would get off to a better start than those other two? Yeah, I did. I felt Morikawa was the better player coming. Okay, I'm going to give you half credit because actually those two got off to a better start. Yeah. Because Hovland finished, what, top 10 at the U.S. Open, and then Matthew Wolf wins here. I'll never forget how cocky he was when he was interviewing the Travelers. He was like, what are you going to do? You guys have no status. None of these three had status at that time on the PGA Tour. He's like, well, I'm going to play with sponsors' exemptions, and then I'm going to win, and that's going to secure my future on the PGA Tour. What else would I do? And I remember him doing that interview going, man, that's arrogant. That's cocky. Then he went out and he did it just a couple of weeks later, and then Colin would ultimately win at the Barracuda, and then he was off and running. Uh, as well, and then the rest has happened. Um, so now as we turn our attention towards this week, only four more opportunities, three really, because we have opposite field events coming up, um, for really players to position themselves for the FedEx Cup run. Morikawa sat there with the win last week. But there are big-time 500 FedEx points this week. Kind of take everybody through uh, what this course is all about and the type of players that normally play well here in the two-year sample size that we have. Yeah, TPC Twin Cities, fun course. I've played it a couple times. Uh, it was a staple on PGA Tour champions, and now they've moved over to the PGA Tour. And as you mentioned, we've been here twice, Wolf won, and then Michael Thompson. This is, you know, keep it simple here, folks. This is approach and putting. I mean, this is what this is all about. You won't see short game pushed down in value as much as you will here. In fact, when Michael Thompson won here, coach, he lost strokes in short game and he lost strokes off the tee. What does that Think tell you? That. He was in the negative. Now it was negative 
0.5, albeit, but positive approach, positive putting. That's what we're after here. Let's keep it very simple. There is a lot of water here, coach. It's pretty long. I would say 74 and a half. You've got to avoid the water and um, and not be making those double bogeys for some silly errors that way. Because if you can keep it in front of you, we can make birdies here, just like we've been seeing for a while now on the PGA Tour. Um, you know, we saw a lot of birdies at the John Deere, really the last few events, uh, Detroit guys going well into the teens, maybe the low twenties here. So, uh, let's avoid the water. Let's, let's win an approach big. Let's have a great putting week. And if we can do those two things, um, you're going to have a good week. Okay. Uh, all three par fives measure over 590 yards. Three of the par fours measure over 460 yards. We should point out also that when you talk about trends heading into the 3M Open, there was an opposite field event, the Barbasol, this past Sunday, and Seamus Power, who has six straight top 20s, won in a playoff over JT Poston. Power is in the field this week, and he said, hey, I'm going to keep playing because this is what I love to do, and this is another opportunity trap for somebody like him or like a Lucas Glover or like anybody else who's been winning recently uh, for the first time this year or in a minute, to really set themselves up nicely for the FedEx Cup playoff. Because after this week, we just have a couple of opportunities uh, left. So let's get into it, okay? Let's get into our picks for the week. TPC, Twin Cities, defending champion Michael Thompson. Here's what we do every single week. We take a, a fictional 100 bucks. We do two head-to-head matches, a top 20 a tournament winner, and then a wild card play. It could be anything on the board. Trav, your first head-to-head matchup is what? Let's go with a guy that I think kind of likes this course a little bit. In fact, he's gained the most strokes on anybody in the field in the first two years, and that is the guy we mentioned earlier, Matthew Didn't play last week. I saw him play with his coach, Gigi, and just having a good time, enjoying it with the boys. He comes rolling in. Minus 120 over Charles Schwartz, who I know played well here last week and has had a good year. But Matthew Wolf just simply has more firepower. This is Matthew Wolf's seventh event coach this year. Seventh. Okay. So let's make this. You talked about who needs to play well. Mm-hmm. And, and start moving the needle forward. Let's make this little run right here leading into the playoffs about Matthew Wolf. How cool would that be, right? We've seen Victor Hovland play pretty well. We've seen Colin Morikawa now win again. Let's get Matthew Wolf back into the mix. His head's back on straight. Enjoying time with the boys. COVID's starting to kind of go away a little bit more. Let's get out there. Let's get the engines turning the right way. No better place to do it than a golf course where he has had the most success on than anybody else in the field. Matthew Wolf, minus 120 over Charles Schwartz. So this is easy. Uh, Man, I don't think it's that easy. I really don't. This this guy, I really, I really, uh, when I saw this pick, um, I'm torn because, yes, he's played great here. We also know this year he took time off, and admittedly, I, I give him credit because he needed to fix everything that was going on upstairs. And that's when we played some of the time. But that also tells me where is he at mentally that he would pull out of the Open Championship when he had a spot in it to not go over it. And other guys did too because of the protocol. But I just didn't agree. If you, if you were allowed to play and you just decided not to go, 
I had a problem with that. You're missing a major because of some protocols, because you're uh, it's going to be thrown off, and Matthew Wolf fits into that category. So is, is he going to be fresh? Yes. But I just worry where he's at mentally as far as competitively is concerned. So I'm a little scared on this one. I don't know if I'm going to play because I usually play all your stuff. I usually play all your stuff. Uh, all right, my first matchup was a little something like this. I'm going to go a guy who's really been trending lately, really been trending lately, Brandon Hagee, plus 105, over Troy Merritt, who's also been playing very, very well. But Hagee is one of those guys that is playing literally for his career, literally for his career, and he is starting to put great finishes together. And I think this week he's going to be motivated, and all he's got to do is beat Troy Merritt. So give me Brandon Hagee. I love this match. Yeah, I like Hagee. I like where he's going with his game. Sixth at Rocket Mortgage, 18th at the John Deere. His putter's been good. Um, you know, where Hagee gets you, he's good off the tee. I mean, he he can be he can overpower a golf course. He's that yes, he's yes. that long. If he keeps it in front of him and out of the water um on this venue with the putter's been going, I, I think he's he's got a real chance to be up there on the first page. So this will be an interesting spot for Hagee. Uh, if the driver struggles, he'll be in trouble. Um, and we'll have to do with his iron game, but uh, Troy Merritt, I mean, geez, he's had he's had a nice little summer as well. So this is this will be an interesting matchup here. He's very, and I think Troy Merritt's very underrated, but he's not somebody that called attention to uh, himself. There's no question about that. By the way, Travis keeps bringing up the water. It's a land of ten thousand lakes, all but three holes, all but three. So fifty holes have water on this course. It'd be very cool. a lot of water. On I've hit I've hit a few balls in the water there for sure. They <laughs> still have that. TF on the balls out there in the lake. Uh, all right, matchup number two. Trav, who do you got? Well, this might surprise some people. Kyle Stanley, minus 110 over Brendan Todd. It's kind of like, all right, you go, I said approach and putting, right? Okay, yep. so who's who's Mr. Approach? Kyle Stanley. Kyle I mean, Stanley. The dude is freaking amazing approach. His ball striking is stupid good. Like, it's more a good. Mm-hmm. And then it's like he's putting to no hole. It's like it's like he's standing there and there's not a hole in the green and he hits it and of course the ball doesn't disappear because there's no hole like that's what it, that's what it's like. Um, the guy makes cuts, coach, losing six or seven strokes putting. It's almost hard to do. That's almost I hard to think do. about that. I mean, it's just crazy. Like I'll give you an example. Last tournament, John Deere, forty first. Minus seven putting. Uh, Travelers, 54th, minus four putting. I mean, it's, but then it's plus seven and approach, plus eight, plus, five. I mean, it's like Morikawa. I mean, it's just, it's right there. I mean, Morikawa, Stanley, right there. You know, JT. That's how good of a ball striker. So now we know Brendan Todd, not as polished in the approach game, um, but definitely the better putter. He's kind of cooled off a little bit. I, I'm just kind of rolling the dice here with one. Um, you know, I'm going to sprinkle a little money on Stanley. I'm telling you, all it takes is plus one. That's it. The way he hits the ball in above average putting week, Kyle Stanley wins. I mean, that's where we're at with this. So I'm just going to hang in there with him. Stanley over Todd, sprinkling money in, DraftKings Sportsbook, win ticket on Stanley. If it happens, like I say every week, if that happens, I'm probably not going to come back next week. Or I'll have to wear the glasses at the beginning of the show. Keep threatening that. I've never wished for a win more than when you say that. <laughs> uh, by the way, if Kyle Stanley and, and Brendan Todd uh, could morph their games, they'd win 
Every single week they would win. Every single week they would win. Uh, all right. My second matchup is also a guy that's trending in the right direction. I'm going to go Doug Gem. Minus 130 over Chris Kirk. Same thing. Kirk, same type of thing. Now, his finishes haven't been great. T18, though, at the John Deere. T32 at Rocket Mortgage. Not putting very well. T14 at the Charles Schwab. And then T11 at Zurich. So he's had some top 20s. That's all I need him to do this week. Uh, but he's one of those dudes like a Schwarzschild, uh, like a Heggie, that right now, week in, week out, like a Lebiota. They're showing up on the first page of the leaderboard. And I'm not a math major, but there aren't 20 names on that first page. So I'll take a top 20, plus 200, Doug Gim, book it. You like like my head-to-head and you like my top quarter. I do, because I I think I mentioned to you a few weeks ago, so Doug Gim has changed his putting coach, right? And I'm a big fan of where he went – with his putting now. And I think he's starting to see some fruits of the labor here. Doug Gims, all I count, Stanley, he is a wonderful iron player. Maybe not quite as good, but he's a very good iron player. He's a better than average driver of the ball. Um, and I think his short game's fine. His putting's what holds him back. I think you're starting to see some improvement with Doug Gim and his putting. Uh, 54th at the Travelers, 32nd at Rock and Mortgage, 14th at John Deere. I'm telling you, I, I've I've already placed the win ticket on Doug Gim as well. This is a week I'm gonna I'm throwing some haymakers out there. I'm throwing Stanley. I'm throwing Gim. I love the pick. I almost picked Gim to win. You'll have to wait to see who I who I decided on, but I like this okay. a lot, Coach. Well played. Well played. Proud Thank of you. you. So who is your top twenty pick this week, Mr. Fulton? Well, I'm gonna go back to uh Mr. McNeely, who, you know, you and I We've been talking Maverick McNeely a little bit. Um, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop for a second. I don't think that's what you have. That's oh, wait a minute. Best. No, I'm sorry. Top, well, we'll get to him. Yeah, I'm sorry. We'll get to him. Yeah, we'll get, get to him. To My apologies. I'm jumping ahead of myself here of all these wins. Apology accepted, Travis Fulton. Yeah, you're making Cody look bad. How dare you? List plus 230. How about these last four rounds, Coach? All right. 66, 63, 71, 68. That was at the John Deere where he finished uh, where he finished 16 under. Yep. And then Barbasol, he goes 65, 68, 65. Struggles last day. Got in a little trouble there, 71. Um, and But he finishes at minus 19. So that's kind of where we are right now in the PGA Tour. Like, we got to get into the teens as far as under par. Fourth at John Deere, fifth at Barbasol. Uh, I, 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 I tell you, I like the way Luke List is tracking right now. I mean, he is hitting the ball exceptionally well off the tees long to keep it in front of him. His iron game is good. His short game is good. Let's just have a nice little putting week like we've been having. And it's going to be the third straight top 20, or maybe it's the third straight top five. If he finishes inside the top five. Well, for people who don't know his story, it's, it's a really motivational one. I think part of the reason he's playing so well is he is playing motivated. His young son, uh, was very ill, had to be rushed to the hospital a couple of months ago. So he took some time off because he had to make sure everything was cool at home. His son got out of the hospital. He's recovering. He looks to be fine. And so now Lucas said, I was comfortable enough to come back. But he's behind the eight ball because he missed so many different tournaments. So I think that's why he's playing well because he knows who he's playing for. And that's important. So I love this play this week. Now, you mentioned your winner. Who are you throwing everything aside, all the little sprinkle win tickets? 
for the person, Travis Fulton, that you believe will raise the trophy come Sunday? Well, we got to go low, right? We've got to we got to yes. we got to heat it up. We need a putter that can heat it up and do enough in the approach game. Um, and I'm going to go with a man, Auburn Tiger, Auburn Tiger, as we get closer to some SEC football. And that is Pat. Oh, you're getting serious? Oh. Yes. Yeah. You Pat Kazai plus, plus 6,500. That is serious. Plus very serious. 65. I was a little surprised, to be honest with you, DraftKings Sportsbook, plus 6,500 with Mr. Kazire. Now, the, you know, the approach game hasn't been, like, crazy good. Um, he had a couple heaters there in May where he finished third at the Schwab, third at the Byron. Uh, but Kazire is that guy that can, you know, he can get it going with the irons and he can fill it up with the putter. And I just that's kind of the guy I'm looking for here. I thought he drove the ball very well at the John Deere. Um, I thought his putter let him down a little, or he would have had a chance to win. So I'm kind of anticipating the patent desire that we saw a little bit in May here on a golf course that I think fits him pretty darn well. And uh, if we can kind of match up, because it's been a little sporadic. Like when you look at him, like he has a great approach week, and then his putter, mm -hmm. and then it's a great putting week, and then his iron, and then it's the other way, and then it's the other way. And it's like, if they just come together, he wins. And this is the perfect venue for that to happen because approach and putting is what we're after. Pat and Kazire, 6,500. But, but, I'll be doing some long shots on Mr. Gim, as I talked about, right? Who else did I say? I Kyle, Stanley. Oh, Kyle Stanley. Yeah. And also yeah. Luke List. That's the other one that I'll be, that'll be on my card as people ask. Just like more was last week, Coach. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry okay. you part of that. I'm sorry you're, you're part sorry. of that ticket. Bro, bro, I saw your win ticket. It was a live win ticket. It wasn't before the tournament started, so don't brag on it. it no, plus, yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was plus twenty three hundred. He wasn't plus twenty three hundred. Yes, he was. He was plus four thousand. No, he was on not. My, on no, my, he was not. On he my was plus four thousand. On my There's book, live after Friday's round, maybe. I promise you. I, promise you, I bet it. I promise. There's no book in the world. Anyway, I'm not going to argue with you. But I will say this: this is one of those weeks that when the books don't want you betting on Dustin Johnson. They make the numbers very skewed, and you can get a big-time payout. Last week, I did have an actual ticket on Louis Utsazen. So I had to hedge because he was plus 36.50, and I had to hedge with a called Morikawa. So I bet 600 on Morikawa, so I still cleared about 1,200 bucks. Uh, and I'm glad I did that because Louis Utsazen, once again, can't play a final round to save his life. Your boy. Golly, it's so frustrating. Uh, so this week, I'm also going to go with a guy that's north of plus 5,000, and that is Hank Lebiota. And anybody that's paying attention to this lefty knows that he is on the brink. I had a win ticket at the John Deere on this man, and through 36 holes, he was sitting nice and then had a rough weekend to not come home. But I think he is trending in the right direction. It came down to him or Heggie this week, and I'm going to go with Lebiota. Book it, plus 5,000. Yeah, he's well. I mean, he's he's one of the hottest players coming in. You know, you look at last twenty four rounds. There's not many other than Louie that's played Hanks. better in this field. I mean, Hanks played better than DJ last twenty four rounds. He's played better than Patrick Reed, huh? Are you, are you surprised Louie's playing this week? By the way, 
Uh, yeah, a little do? bit. Yeah, a little bit. He'll be there. The question is, will DJ be there, right? Because it's... <laughs> we don't know. We still got 48 hours as we tape this. Good it's a 50-50 deal. Yeah, it really is. It, it is. Really is. It is. People out of this one. I've got. I've. I've lost any unless yeah. it's a torn ACL. I've got no respect left. It's sad. Yeah. All right, we got one pick left, and it's a wild card pick draft. It can be anything on the board. What do you like this week? Well, are we ready for this, Cody? There it is. Okay. Ah, Maverick, yes. Maverick McNeely, top twenty. I've been kind of good at these top twenties as of late. Uh, mm -hmm. Plus two hundred. I like this kid. I, I think he's. Um, I think he's starting to come into his own here a little bit. You look at him through May, June, and July. I mean, he's got four now top thirties in his last four events. I thought he played. I thought he played very solid at the John Deere. I thought he played very solid at Rocket Mortgage. Um, so why not? I mean, it feels like you know he, he's kind of the guy that he's a, he's a he's a very Maverick is a very good putter. You know, big kid, very good putter. I think he's a better than average approach game player. Um, I think he can beat you with his driver. And I think historically, like Matthew Wolf, you looked at him, like he kind of, his length, he hit it straight when he won here. And then, you know, he obviously had the approach game and he made enough putts. I kind of look at Maverick the same way. Let's get a little more length off the tee, get him in there. Get enough out of the approach game and let the putter go to work. So I think this is a good place for McNeely. He struggles a little bit with a short game from time to time. I kind of devalue that a little bit this course. Let's do another top 20, which would be now his third top third or his fifth top 30, if he could do that in his last five events. Pretty heady stuff for the young Maverick McNeely. Yeah, normally I, I will play four winning tickets every single week. And at the John Deere, I had a ticket on McNeely. I think he was plus 30-something. So yeah, it was pretty yeah, we cool. Both liked him. Uh, yeah. yeah, we did. And I really believe this. I joke about it a lot. But I think when you date somebody like Danielle Kang, she can't help but make you more competitive, more hungry. Because she's dominating on the LPGA Tour now. And I think that's really helped him uh, over the course of the last 12 months. I really, really, really do. Uh, all right, my wild card, and the reason I'm playing this is because he did not go to the Open Championship, even though I think he would have been very, very good at the Open Championship. I'm talking about Cameron Davis for a top 10 plus 350. He won the Rocket Mortgage. He's been trending in the right direction because of the fact that he got married in the last however many months. He was not eligible to go because of visa issues to the Open Championship. So he didn't pull out. They pulled him out. And so I think the week off is really going to help him. And he kind of stumbled over the weekend at the John Deere. I think he just ran out of gas. And now I think he's going to have his game back and be ready. And I only need a top 10. I don't think he's going to win. But I think he's certainly got the game to rip this course apart, lock it in, top 10 plus 350. I'll be honest. This was really kind of the first time I really started to pay attention to Cameron Davis is when he played here. Um that's right. You know, a couple uh, a couple years ago, I I I really was like, man, this is a nice looking young player. Uh, I think he finished twelfth, um, or that was last year. Yeah, last year finished twelfth. So, yeah, I think he I think he I think he likes this place. I think this is a good spot for him. Of course, he had the win. It's always tough, coach. The next week after the win, especially your first, you're exhausted. Like you hit on the head emotionally. Uh, I think this is a good pick too, Cameron Davis. Top ten plus three fifty. I'll. I'll I'll, I'll throw some seed on that. 
Nice. I think across the board, we've got a lot of players, a lot of good numbers, a lot of good value. Uh, and I feel really good about uh, both of our boards. Uh, all right, final thoughts, Brad, what do you got? Well, we're birdies, right? I mean, we're kind of getting into that stretch. I think you hit on the head in the beginning. There's a lot of guys coming in here. Um, this this means a lot. This stretch of golf here, it means a lot to get into the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see if DJ shows up. Um, Louie is going to show up. I'm interested to watch Matthew Wolf. I really am. You know, I think Morikawa winning has to, it has to needle him a little bit, doesn't it? These guys have come out. Matthew Wolf has taken time away to get himself right, which I'm glad he did. Um, I, I think Wolf comes out swinging here. I really do. This is the spot for him. So I'm excited to watch him play. It's a fun golf course, Coach. It really is. You got to keep it out of the water. If you can do that, you can make birds. Yeah, it's a great finish too. You got a nice little par three over water. Then you got a par five that you've got to hit it on the left side. You've really got to step up there and have some guts uh, to make that swing. Uh, so you can get home in two and at least have a shot at the Eagle on 18 there. All right, remember, this is an easy time of the year to lose focus and say, hey, I just want to get to the playoffs. But every ticket counts. Every piece of information counts. So you're ready every single week. For our entire team at Sports Pub Media, follow them on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, as they continue to grow their business. We can't do it without them. With Samantha. For Cody, who does an amazing job producing the show. Oh, my main man. We got to get him back off of vacation. Uh, remember, every single week, this is your golf betting show of record. If you're going to cash out, why not cash out with the coaches? Good luck. See you. guys, what's good? This is the coach. You may know me from PGA Tour Live, the Golf Channel, or even ESPN. I wanted to interrupt this YouTube video real quick to tell you how to get the best and most entertaining golf betting content every single week, and it's all for free. It's called Cash Out with the Coaches. I've teamed up with legendary golf instructor Travis Fulton, and he's also a PGA Tour insider, to bring you the unscripted, unfiltered PGA Tour betting talk and analysis. All you have to do is subscribe to Sports Pub's new channel, and you'll get access to our Cash Out with the Coaches show before every single PGA Tour event. You can also play along with the coaches, too. We don't hold anything back on this free show. And all you have to do is subscribe to Sports Pub's channel with the button on the video. And you'll have access to every single show. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Can't wait to see you on the channel.